So, uh, Clyde Henderson, welcome to the journey. Um, so, uh, Clyde, the journey is uh, a, a, a podcast show that basically talks about uh, uh, individual stories of transformation and um, how they have overcome different things, how they failed forward, how they've recreated themselves. And um, so, I know we okay. met working on a, a project together. Um, a few months ago, yeah, and, and that was that's been fun, and hopefully we'll be able to continue that project as, yeah, hopefully, yeah. as things start yeah. lifting. But um, why don't we tell us a little bit about yourself? But before we jump into that, what do, what does Clyde do for fun? <laughs> right now, nothing. Clyde's <laughs> in the house for fun right now. But um, knowing, um, you know, people might not know, I own a gym. Okay. So right now, what I've been doing is just going, uh, going in there. Um, I did a lot of cleaning. Yeah, well, I think you you froze up again, Clyde. <laughs> hey. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what what what's what's, I think what's it happening. It just depends on. The, I think sometimes it just depends on the internet connection. So, uh, so, but we, right, yeah. but but we can go ahead and edit this, so it, it'll be it'll be okay. So okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so right now you were saying that you, what you do for fun right now is obviously change because now you're taking this extra time going to the <laughs> right. gym and, and what, so what have you been doing in the gym right now? Oh, so right now in the gym, I've been pretty much, uh, um, went through a really deep cleaning. I had some people come in and we pretty much scrubbed out every, everything, uh, microbiome, everything, let it sit for a couple of days, you know, just making sure that, um, taking safety first and the precautions of, um, you know, making sure things are, you know, sanitized, you know, with this, you know, crazy virus going on, you know, they don't know whether it's airborne or how contagious that it is. I just want to do my part on making sure everything was thoroughly clean and properly wiped down and stuff like that. Um, with that, I've been doing that. And then as well as just going into the gym, working on a few new things, new ideas that I may have as far as, um, things that classes that I'm going to roll around for, you know, clients whenever they come. So that way, you know, get them, give them something fresh and new, um, you know, to come back to almost like how people come back on, you know, the first of January is like, Oh, you know, gotta, gotta get back in shape. So yeah. like, just, just try to bring some fresh and new tool to where, you know, they'll gravitate towards it and just kind of jumpstart them to, you know, get back on the working out bandwagon. Even you know, it'll be, you know, looking at like now it looks like June before we able to, you know, get back into doing something like that. So just kind of working on keeping everything fresh um, with the, you know, workouts and just being disciplined myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, and, and I think we might have cut out before, but what's, what's the name of your gym? Uh, the Body Factory, the Body Factory um, located in McChesney Park. Um, in the Goodwill Plaza, um, right next to the Goodwill in the Office Furniture Store, um, eighty sixteen North Second Street. I told people to look for the Dunkin' Donuts. There people you go. find the Dunkin' Donuts before they before they find me. But it's actually my uh, gym sits right right behind the Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, perfect. Okay, well, Clyde, why, are, why don't you tell us a little bit about you as a person? Uh, are you from the Rockford area, or where, where are you from? Um, no, actually, um, I, I was born and I grew up in Louisiana. 
uh, small town in Louisiana, um, where, um, you know, population was probably, it was probably about the size of, you know, Rockford, um, you know, well, well put together community and things like that. That's where I went to school at. Um, and then after school is when I went into the military. I was in, um, I was in the USMC, the Marines, um, did a, did a um, stint there. Um, and then after that is when I kind of found my way up here. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> as so, far as like just coming up here and stuff like that. So. Gotcha. So when, when you, back when you were in high school, did you, uh, were you involved with any activities? Were you involved with sports? Were you involved with extracurricular activities? What were you? Um, yeah, uh, actually like, I mean, this, 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 this might find hard to believe, but when I was in high school, I was shorter and smaller than what I was now. Okay. Um, so like, sports so like <laughs> so like sports and everything like that came came at a challenge to me um so i have to work i had to work twice as hard you know being shorter and being smaller but like um um i had a lot of older cousins and stuff like that that you know we played together played basketball ranch like baseball and stuff like that together so where like it just made me have to push harder because i knew that once i became where they was at or their level that to me that meant that i could compete with anyone and anybody um so it was a it was a challenge frustrating at times but um the satisfaction and gratification i got was to uh, once i got there and being able to compete and play you know at their level and stuff like that with with them. but like yeah we was always active you know coming from down south you know we didn't and then back in you know my generation our generation you know we didn't have all these video games and stuff like that. We was told to go play outside. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. go outside and play. You know, you're not gonna sit up in the house and stuff like that. So we stayed active and things like that. So, but yeah. Gotcha. Now, outside of having a lot of uh, cousins and uh, around, and uh, sounds like a pretty big family. Do you have uh, siblings? Um. Yeah. Well, actually, like my my immediate family. Um. I'm the only boy. It was uh. It's me and I have two younger sisters. Okay. Um, so my immediate uh, family is for us, you know, um, uh, it's only three of us, but, uh, my grandmother, she had, she had 14, uh, kids. So oh. aunts and uncles, <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's, and it's crazy. And, and it's, and, and it's crazy because on my mom's side, uh, her mom had 14 kids. And then on my dad's side, his mom had 14 kids. So I had 28 aunts and uncles, you know, okay. growing up together. So I had a, abundance of cousins and you know aunts and uncles to go to and stuff like that so so yeah yeah pretty big yeah yeah 14 on each side it was crazy once i kind of thought it like was old enough to be like wait a minute 14 kids i'm like that's a lot of kids you know? yeah <laughs> well you didn't you didn't you didn't say that you guys like um populated the whole town yourself i mean that was like uh just your family alone would be uh right yeah it, was, <laughs> it, it seemed like it yeah, yeah, and it was, and it was, and it was so crazy because, like, as as we kept growing up, we had like it was cousins that you didn't know about because it was so, like it was so many of us. Like, he was like, "Oh, you my cousin," so you know, it just became you know, you just pretty much be be became the way like you just thought every everybody cousin. Sure, sure, gotcha. You know, so because everybody was so close and, and related yeah okay your audio is just breaking up just a little bit and then looks like your screen might have froze again so um so so yeah tell uh tell us a little bit about um 
a little bit about jumping into the Marines. So, so that's a, I mean, that, that seems to be a pretty big, uh, pretty big step. And you were, I'm assuming like 18 years old, right. When, when you made that move. So. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, actually, I mean, it, it was uh, definitely something. So my uh, logic behind it was that, like I said, like I, as growing up, you know, in playing sports and stuff like that, like I worked really hard. And uh, my my goal was to if um, was to get a scholarship to play basketball somewhere, whether it was a community college, um, you know, or JUCO or whatever the case may be. Um, um, so then that way, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't my my parents didn't have to worry about it, you know, and things like that. Um, so coming up to my senior year, like I had a lot of op- opportunities to. Um, um, go places and stuff like that, but um, it was um, some powers that be as far as some people in the way um, <laughs> that kind of was like, you know, wouldn't let me really flourish like that. Um, coaches and stuff like that was, you know, kind of kind of hesitant and re- and reluctant, even though I had to improve myself for like the last three years coming into my senior year. So um, I had options. Um, I had told myself when I told my mom to where um, – I said, well, if I don't get into any, you know, colleges or whatever the case may be, I probably go the military route. And um, at that time, nobody else in my family had went into the military. Like out of my fourteen aunts and uncles, and nobody else had prior went into the military like that. And um, so my logic was that, you know, I didn't want to put, you know, student loans and grants, and you know, put my parents in debt, put myself in debt like that. And then at the time. You know, it was a, you know, the GI Bill was, you know, great. Um, you know, it was like, you know, you can, it'll pay for school. You can do this and do that with it and things like that. Um, so that was, that was the, the kind of logic. Um, didn't get the scholarships that I, you know, was, was looking for. And um, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and join. I actually graduated high school early, um, per se. I graduated at 17. Um, and um, so, and signing up for the military, I couldn't sign myself because I wasn't 18 so my mother had to pretty much sign for me and she was a nervous wreck (laughs) she was like my baby is gonna be going this and that she wanted me to go into the National Guard and my thing was that um I was like well if I'm if I'm gonna do it I want to travel I don't want to stay home you know I've been here you know my whole life already I want to travel and see stuff and stuff like that and so me being the only son as well she had to actually sign a piece of paper saying that she's allowing me to go because, you know, I'm the last of the bloodline for the family like that. So uh, she's like, you know, and she was a nervous wreck, but like I, you know, told her, you know, everything was going to be okay. You know, this is what I want to do and stuff like that. And I, and, and I pretty, and I basically said, if you don't let me go this year, I'm going to go next year. <laughs> so she was like, okay, you know, might as well let you go ahead and get it out the way now. So. Um, that was kind of like the whole thing behind it. And, uh, you know, was I nervous? Yeah. Was I scared? Hell yeah. But, you know, I was like, well, you know, at the time or even now, like, you know, the the Marines was considered to be the top, you know, of the military world like that as far as like with basic training and the way that we train, train and stuff like that. And I was like, well, if I'm going to test myself and do it, I mean, I'm going to go to that one. So, you know, and yeah. And went in there and 
had fun per se. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, it, it, so in, in the Marines, what, what, uh, after you got through basic, and, and then I know that they assign you, you know, yeah. certain jobs and stuff. So, what was your, what was your, uh, uh my, my MOS was actually, uh, I was a, a avionics electrician, which was oh. crazy because I was like, I was blown away. Uh, because like, um, just a little background about it. Whenever you take the, whenever you go into the military, you have to take what they call that the ASFAB. And that pretty much ranks you and grades you on what's your strength points as far as like what part of the military you are fit best in. And I guess math was like one of my biggest, one of my strongest subjects that I did great in. Like I got like a 98% on it, which was crazy because in school I hated algebra, hated <laughs> trig, hate like I hated it with a passion. Like I couldn't stand it. And uh, so it was, I guess that me hating it, you know, was the imprint that they put on me because, like, I scored super high in it. So where, like, uh, Avionics Electrician was, you know, my MOS. So uh, what that pretty much in, entailed was that any of the uh, cockpit work inside of all the fighter jets that you see, the F-18s, the uh, 15s, the, the stealths, the 63, the 53s, all, any type of aircraft like that. Um, I did all the inside cockpit work. And that's the wiring of the, of the systems, making sure the AHAR system, the flight navigation systems all work properly and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun, but it was crazy. Like it was crazy hard. Like it was crazy. Just kind of re trying to remember all the stuff and then like flight simulate, it was crazy. Oh, I Making me have flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, because, like, it's it's a little different because, like, it's like regular school. Like, whenever you go um, to learn it, like, it's, it's, it's like regular school, but it's regular school, but you're in the military. So you still got to do your regular school stuff, then all your military stuff as far right. as, like, you know, all your PT and all your exercise, like, everything else. So it's like, you know, you don't never have that time to rest, like until the weekends, like Monday through Friday, but you have to have your head screwed on straight and like, you know, be focused, you know, Saturday and Sunday are your two, well, Saturday pretty much is your rest day, because Sunday you have to get back ready for the week and stuff like that. So um, school was pretty tough, um, challenging. Sure. Well, it sounds like in some ways you you'd want you wanted to go to college and play basketball. In some yeah. ways, you know, you had the physical, the PT, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then yeah, you had yeah, the school. Yeah, yeah. kind of like yeah, going yeah. to university. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it 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 definitely was like it, and I, so like it, it kind of all worked out because like being in shape, going prior to prior to going in helped out a lot because you know the the more you can stay out of sight from the drill instructors, the better. Because then that's when they, <laughs> the, the more waves that you make, yeah, the more yeah. you're going to get just picked on and beat up on and just, yeah. So sure. so you want to kind of keep quiet and stand out, stand out on, on like other levels, vice right, versa, and stand out because you can't. So. Sure. Sure. So when, well, when we first, because one of the things you said you wanted to travel, so what, out of, you were in for how many years? Uh, six. Six years. And so in those six years, what would be some of the one or two places that you went to, uh, you were stationed at or, or visited or whatever that you thought was like a kind of a standout place that you like? Man, uh, oh my God. I mean, me coming from like down south, like every, like 
I like traveled and like I love to travel anyway. Like you know, anytime that we would go like on, on like vacations for like the summer and things like that, um, I would just like to sightsee. I like to just see different stuff and stuff like that. Um, so uh, the first time, so like even even the first time leaving, going into the military to where they send us, they fly us out to San Diego for a boot camp. You know. That's what MCRD San Diego at. Like, that was like, to me, I was like, oh my God. Like, I, you know, I just like seeing new stuff like that. So, um, so after, so I'm going to give you like the timeline of it. So after basic, um, after basic, which is in San Diego, you come home for like 10 days to kind of, you know, relax or whatever. Then you go to what they call uh, combat training, military combat training. Some, some branches call it AIT. We call it MCT. Um, and you there, so there is at Camp Pendleton, um, which pretty much is up the street from San Diego, right down the street from L- LA. So you still on the ocean, you got these huge mountains, which I ain't never seen mountains before, like, mm. you know, and stuff like that. But they're like, well, you're going to get to know those mountains a little bit better because you're going to have to climb them and stuff like that. Um, so after, after that, after MCT, then that's when you actually go to your schooling. Um, after, after, so my schooling was in, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And that was my first time, you know, being, I don't went through Memphis, but I've never had been in Memphis. So Memphis was actually a pretty cool place. Uh, really, really eclectic place. Um, a lot of history as far as rich and like the blues and the barbecue and just a whole bunch of different stuff like that. So like the first time me going to Memphis was, was like really cool and stuff like that. Um, because I've never been in a big, big city like that to where I'm like, oh my God, like it's this many people here and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, um, I would say the next part that the next place that I went to that was pretty, was like an eye opener when the first time they told me that I had to go overseas, uh, when I had to go to, uh, Okinawa, Japan and, uh, Aviano, Italy. And I was like terrified because I've never been on a plane for 14 hours before. And I'm like, oh my God, like I ain't gonna be able to make it. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 get on the plane, go to sleep, wake up, still on the plane. It's like, is this a dream? Like I <laughs> like, you know, so but like those places were like really, really stand out for me. Cause like, you know, going overseas and just seeing how different cultures and different people, you know, are um are just amazes me because like we are the same, but we're different. Mm-hmm. Like they eat the same stuff, but it's just different, different ways and stuff like that. So like, so like, that's like the really, really, really cool part. Um, but I've been to a bunch of places within the States. Um, that was, that was all right. I mean, first time me going to New York was crazy. I never want to go back. Yeah. Too many people. <laughs> Too many people. Sure. Like, it, oh my God, 8 million people. And it's like, and then, you know, and, and I was stationed there for like, for like six weeks and we was on a, uh, national uh, air national guard base and it was a handful of us marines like eight to ten of us and i'm like get me out this place (laughs) get me out this place like it was just too too busy like growing up you know down south where it was just rural areas you can you know it's yeah i i yeah i hate rockford sometimes just because of traffic and stuff like that like man and and then they'd be like, let's go to Chicago. Nah, I'm yeah. staying at the crib. I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> sure, sure. So so when you think about, it sounds like, obviously, being the Marines, obviously there was a lot of things that you experienced and, and got to see and got to do with that. If you if you think about, <clears throat> um, and, and feel free to take a couple seconds to think about this. So what, okay. did, what did Clyde 
what did Clyde get out? What did Clyde learn about himself going through that six years in the Marines that you wouldn't have if you would have never gone? Um, that's a really, really good question, Kevin. Good question. Um, and um, I, I can honestly say um, to where um, they actually, uh, getting out of that was actually being, uh, becoming more responsible, paying attention to detail as far as like, because going in there, they're not going to treat you as mama's boy or baby boy or this or that. You're going to, you go in there as a boy and you're going to actually come out a man. I mean, you can go in there thinking that you're a man, but they're going to break you down as a boy and they're going to build you up the right way to be a man as far as being respectable, being accountable for your own actions, uh, paying attention to detail, being being disciplined with yourself, um, stuff that, you know, being, being honest with yourself, the integrity part of just, you know, um, being like that. And it just instills so much in yourself to where like you might not think that you had it in you, uh, even as far as going through it and doing it and persevering for that three months to go through it and then finally walking across, you know, the, parade deck for graduation um it just instills so much pride in, in yourself knowing that you can do it and you can accomplish it so like the biggest thing that i would that i can say right now that i've taken from from that is knowing that whatever anybody throws at me i can do it because i know if i got through that for those three months to where it was just me myself and you know counting on, on myself to get through it and nobody else i can pretty much get through whatever um, so it's just that drive and now knowing that I went through that and I'm a Marine, um, gives you like this certain type of attitude and swagger. Cause if it was easy and I tell my clients this in the, in the gym, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, yeah. So, so what you just described. And so a lot of my, a lot of the listeners, they've heard me talk many, many times about the hero's journey and, uh, Joseph Campbell's work about this idea of yeah. going from normal or order into disorder and then going through that ordeal stage. Yeah. And then you yeah. come out of it with a new reorder. Right. Yeah. And, and that stage of what you just described is also what we talk about is initiation going from boyhood into manhood. Yeah. Going, going yeah. into you, you thinking, thinking that, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then going through it and, and knowing because yeah. you actually physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually went through that. And then that other piece that you said that I think is so vitally important. And the fact that you can articulate it the way you did is that you now know that you're part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And that yeah. is another huge part of initiation. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So, so transition into that. You you talked about actually utilizing some of that with your with your clients. So, tell me how how did um, you, you come out of the Marines and and you're you know you're in your mid twenties, right? And <laughs> and so yeah. so uh, so did you you know right away go into the um, the training business, or did you have uh, uh, other other <laughs> other other hurdles, and uh, did you jump through? <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, actually, like, uh, you know, after I got out to the Marines, like, no, like, I, I, I uh, got out, and I, um, my last station when I got out, I was in uh, North Carolina, so um, leaving North Carolina, I had saved up, you know, a lot of money and stuff like that, and, and I was like, okay, am I going to go back home, or what am I going to do, and like, being that I have this newfound freedom 
of, of myself with being a Marine and being on my own for, you know, the last five, you know, five, six years. So we're like, I haven't asked my parents for a dime, you know, been, you know, self-sufficient for myself and then for myself and stuff like that. You know, my thing was like, um, I'm like, I'm not going to go back home. Like I can't go back home and, you know, and be like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. What are, you know, what are your plans? What are you going to do? And, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I was like, well, I'll take, I'll, I'll take like the first, you know, couple months just to travel, you know, travel, go some places where I wanted to go and stuff like that. Um, and then, um, you know, and, and then just kind of this, kind of this, this, this side, you know, cause you've been on this thing for the last six years, you know, been told what to do, how to do it, when to do it and stuff like that. Um, so leaving North Carolina, um, I knew I had a couple aunts and uncles here in, 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 the, in Illinois to where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to probably travel that away. Um, so I, um, set out, you know, travel, went through a couple of different states, uh, Virginia, PA, Ohio, all that stuff like that. Just, you know, seeing stuff, you know, stuff that I had never seen before and stuff like that until I got here. And when I got here, um, you know, aunts and uncles and stuff like that, uh, you know, talked to them and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, oh, so they was like, well, what you going to do? And I was like, well, I'm going to probably stay here for like a week or two. And then I probably start heading back home, you know, head back to Louisiana. Um, so, no, I didn't get right into uh, <laughs> uh, training right off top. Uh, I kind of took the long route to it, which I kind of kicked myself in the butt, you know, now for it because I, you know, wish that I would have found it then, um, being that, you know, what I know now and stuff like that. But I guess that that's, I look at a lot of stuff as not being, if it's my time to do it, then it will happen. I will do it. I'm not a guy that'll, and like, that's another thing that the military taught me is patience. Like, you know, I, I don't rush nothing. I just kind of let it happen. Uh, my thing is that if it manifests for me, then it will happen. If I try to make it happen and, you know, push it to happen, then sometimes stuff don't work out like you want it to work out. You take kind of the long road and long approach to it because it, it just wasn't your time. You know, it just, it just wasn't your time. And, um, and I found out kind of the hard way too, is that when it's, when it's your time for something, then it's your time for it. Like mm -hmm. it's nothing's going to stop it. Nothing is going to prevent it. It's going to happen. Right. Um, vice versa than you just making it kind of, you know, make, oh, okay, well, this is, this, this, this has to be for me because this and that. If it's for you, then it's going to happen. If it's not for you, it's not going to happen. I don't care what you do to try to make it happen. Not going to happen. You can force it. You know, it's like putting square pieces in a round hole. Right, it's not right. Gonna work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not gonna work like that. So, when did you uh, when did you start getting into specific get into the training training business, and then when did you open up Body Factory? Okay, so like, and it's crazy. Like, it's so ironic on how um, I I got into the training um, because I, it was just a reg. Like, I got into it because I because I, I actually hurt myself. Mm. Regular day, I've been playing basketball all my life, as I told you. Uh, Regular day, we playing pickup basketball. A random play, I went to save a ball from going out of bounds just to go save it. Saved it. Landed kind of funny. I felt my knee kind of pop a little bit. I thought I just sprained it, you know, sprains or whatever. Sat down for like two weeks and stuff like that. Went back to go play again. And that's when I had it. That's when I made one move and I completely tore my ACL and my meniscus. Oh, so my ACL completely off the bone and stuff like that. And I'm not going to ever forget it because it was – it was 2000, 
2011 in February um, because I was supposed to, because that weekend I was going to, I was going back to Louisiana, go to Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like as soon as I did it and like, so I went that Sunday and I went to the uh, media care and stuff like that. And, you know, um, she was like, uh, she was like, uh, well, I think that you tore your, uh, that you broke your kneecap. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think this is a kneecap pain. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. This, is a, this is not a kneecap. And then it's like, well, you made it toward your, toward your quadriceps tendon. I said, no, nah, because I can move my knee back and forth. I was like, I just can't stand on it, but move left to right. So she was like, well, let me take you to the, you know, you set up an immediate care appointment, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I still had plans to go to New Orleans. And, you know, they gave me crutches at the immediate care. I was like, well, man, I can't, I, I gotta go. <laughs> so, so, so she calls me up. So I go to the immediate care Thursday and she caught and like, you know, I take, I, I do a CT scan. I do a CT scan. I'm leaving Friday to go to New Orleans and I'm, I'm like, yo, I gotta go. And so she was like, well, just be careful. They didn't give me no little scooter or nothing like that. They was like, okay, crutches or whatever. So Saturday, as I get to the city limits of New Orleans, I get a phone call. And she was like, well, it looks like that you completely tore your meniscus off the, uh, you know, you completely can, uh, tore your ACL off the bone and you tore your meniscus. So you're going to need surgery. I'm like, well, all right, when is surgery? It was like, well, we're going to put it for a month out uh, so that way you can go through rehab. So doing rehab, um, they, they had explained to me, like, you want to kind of get your body as strong as possible so that way your body can recover quicker going through rehab. Um, because those muscles in your leg is going to atrophy because you're not going to be able to use that leg because we're going to have to go in and uh, completely com uh, fix your meniscus and then we're going to do a teletendent graft for your ACL. And I'm like, all right, you know, and they was like, so you probably not be able to use your leg for like three months. I'm like, oh, you know, so I went into the gym two days a week because I was off work, went into the gym two days a week. And I wanted to get stronger um, just for myself and, you know, for the surgery. So being at the gym two days a week, you know, I got to reading up on stuff and just, you know, find out what works best for my body, what supplements, things like that. And I was there so much that people that came into the gym regularly, they thought I worked there because I was there so much. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I have a pretty good, you know, my personality allows me to be able to just talk to people and stuff like that, which is great. And so with people coming in, they would just talk to me and ask me questions. And I would just tell them what I know. I'm like, listen, I'm not a trainer, but this is what I do. And I know I get results from it. And so I was at Anytime Fitness at the time and staff at Anytime Fitness. Um, one, of the, one of the guys, he was like, uh, have you ever thought about being a trainer? I was like, no, nah, man. You know, at this time, I, I had a job as a service electrician, a service mechanic at a company where I was working six days a week, you know, 12 hour days. And I was making really good money. You know, I'm like, nah, man, you know, I never thought about doing that, you know, because me, you know, being able to get a check, a pay, actual paycheck, you know, knowing those hours is what I was used to. And so he was like, I think you'll be great at it. And I was like, nah, I don't know. I'm like, I don't, I don't like people like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like, well, you could, you could have uh, fooled me. I was like, well, I really kind of don't, you know, I, I just kind of deal with them, you know, or whatever. He was like, whatever, you know. And so I was like, well, I got to have ACL surgery and stuff like that. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. So it came, I had surgery. And two weeks later, uh, well, four weeks, four weeks, I was going through rehab and stuff like that. 
Um, and then after the four weeks, they was like, well, you need to be in a straight leg cast so your meniscus can heal. And I'm like, so another two months went by. And so they went back to, uh, I went back to uh, rehab and they finally released me. And so it was like, well, you can't go to work though. I said, okay. So with that is when I really dived into, you know, getting myself better. Um, I was so scared because I had seen people tear stuff and then come back too soon and sure, then yeah. end up and then end up tearing something else or the other knee. They end up blowing out the other knee and right. stuff like that. So my thing was that I wasn't going to come back until I knew I was a thousand percent ready. Um, so I was going two days a week, two hours a day. I would go in the morning at nine thirty and then at night at six thirty. Um, you know, doing different muscle groups all pertaining to my legs and hips and hip flexors and abductors, just getting everything strong. Um, but so doing that, I ended up getting in shape, I ended up putting on some weight, getting bigger, stronger. And, you know, everybody was like, what are you like? They thought I was doing something. Like, I was like, they was like, I had a couple of people thinking that I was taking steroids and all types of stuff. I was like, you know, nah, you know, I don't know what that is. I, <laughs> I don't know what that is. And so um, I ended up moving to Roscoe and the same fitness manager that was at the anytime that I was going to had moved to Roscoe and I went to the anytime in Roscoe and he was like are you ready to be that trainer now I'm like man I'm I ain't trying to like I'm still rehabbing like I you know stuff like that and he's like I think you should give it a try and I was like well all right you know okay he was like you know you got six months to get your certifications um you know we'll give you clients and stuff like that I was like all right uh, nervous as hell because I'm like, you know, now I got somebody else to worry about, you know, as far as, you know, trying to get them in shape. So my goal through that, and I took the military approach to it. I was like, all right, I need, I need one person who I can, you know, just mold them into what they want to be. Um, teach them, you know, discipline of working out, um, show them how to work out and then be accountable for yourself. So I just, so from, from then, I think that's, how the Clyde training persona took on shape um, was that I just kind of implemented the way that they had us training in the military or not training us the way they programmed our minds to think, you know, that you can do it regardless of whatever, then to just be like, nah, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm like, so had her go through it and stuff like that. And she ended up dropping, like, since she was my first client, uh, she ended up dropping like 60 pounds in like three months. Wow. So like, so yeah. And so like from that point on, a lot of other people in the, in the gym started seeing me, you know, training and stuff like that. And they just like how fun I made it and stuff like that. And so then they was just bypassing the fitness manager and they was coming right to me. And that was a problem because it was other trainers there. And like the fitness manager job is to delegate who gets clients, you know, according to, training ways and you know who they think it works best but a lot of a lot of people that want they was like nah i, I want to train with clyde you know mm-hmm. like I, I see how he trains i see what he does and stuff like that and so at that point when they was like well no you know stuff like that that's when i knew that that like this might be something that i should be doing and uh i kind of still took it slow because i because i don't think i was ready for it yet um but all the signs was there because I studied, kept getting more clients and stuff like that. Here I was, um, just started that year, and I must have been at like 20, 25 clients with, 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 with in that first year. And the other people that had been there, you know, they was at, you know, six, seven, eight clients. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it started to be a tension because then it, 
they they just thought that they were showing favoritism to me and they felt that um that how can a guy that doesn't know as much as we do get clients and have that many clients and stuff like that but it was just my success rate of what they wanted to accomplish um so at that point that's when i had to make a decision on my job that i'm getting paid at the time 27 28 bucks an hour or personal training to where i have to bet on myself pretty much to where you know that and that's exactly what I did. I was like, all right, if I do it, I have to put all my eggs into this basket, jump into the stuff like I've never jumped into none before and really transform myself first and then put my mind to being able to transform other people. Um, so it was so scary because I took my last $5,000 that I had and I got a spot and I um, opened up you know, small little 2,000 square feet. Um, upstairs from the cleaners, it, it was up, upstairs, floor was shaky. It was, <laughs> I was just happy that it was, it was mine. And like, my thing was that, all right. So, you know, so, so you, so you talk the talk, you know, did all this stuff. So now you really have, you got to put up or shut up. Like, if you're going to be that trainer to where you want to be the best trainer in Rockford, or you want to be the best trainer out, you're going to put in the work. Because a lot of the trainers don't have this platform that I have of having my own place, you know, and calling my own shots and being able to do my own thing. And I had to worry about somebody telling me, well, hey, you can't do that. You know, oh, you, you got to pay me this much money of this and this much money of that. Um, and then being the best interest of the, of the client and not of the, of the facility, you know. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to do stuff totally different. I'm not going to be corporate with it. I'm going to let people... People be able to come in and have fun with, you know, fun with it, be able to talk, you know, and grunt, cuss if you got to, you know, just be able to be yourself to make it feel like you at home and you don't feel like people are looking at you all crazy and sideways and stuff like that. That's that that's the atmosphere that I want to create it. And um took my like I said, I took my last five thousand dollars, bought certain equipment and stuff like that. And um it was just crazy because it was like like I said, when it's your time to do something, it's like stuff just kind of manifests and people just gather around you. And that's exactly what happened. Like uh, so many people got behind me and was coming to me and this and that. But the thing was that they was coming to me because they were seeing the results. Sure. Like we was really, we was, we was really getting amazing, amazing results where people thought that we was taking pills or how I had them taking some, but it was just the work. Like, you know, I wasn't a stranger to working hard for it. And my thing was to, Instilling them like if if you want this, you you gonna have to work for it, and that way you will appreciate it more once you work hard for it and stuff like that. And then you will know how to keep it off. And that's what a lot of clients was doing. They was working hard for it, got to where they want to, and then they were able to keep it off. So that was a testament to me showing me that okay, well you do know what you're doing. Like now you can allow yourself to give this to everybody. Like allow yourself to go ahead and share this gift. And um, after the first year in my in the small spot, I, I signed a two-year lease. And af after the first year, um, I knew that I was going to have to get a bigger spot because after the first year, um, I went in starting off, I probably had about 20, 25. At the end of the first year, I was probably at about 50 to 60 clients. Okay. And um, and that was within the first year. So I talked to my landlord and stuff like that. And it was like, well, you know, if you need to be out, out the lease, you know, we'll let you out because 
we see that your space, like you're growing exponentially. I don't know how or what you're doing, keep it up and stuff like that. So, um, and then that's when I end up going down into where I'm at now. And uh, uh, it's been just blessings ever since, you know, with just people coming to me and just appreciating what I'm doing and stuff like that. Um, you know, so um, just trying to just do it the right way. Stay humble about it, you know, um, and just give the people exactly what they want without trying to charge them an arm and a leg for it and give them the quality of work and stuff like that. So. Well, one of the things as I'm listening to you, Clyde, talk about is that what you've done is is that you're inviting people into showing them how to do it as a lifestyle, not just as an individualized goal. Now, obviously, that individualized goal is what brings them there and what gets yeah. them started. And usually it's some time of some type of discomfort, right? That's burning. Yeah, yeah exactly. You yeah. want to be somewhere else, but similar to what you were initiated into in, in the Marines is that it was about a lifestyle it was about a, yeah. it was about a mindset. So yeah. it wasn't just physical, which what most people think it is. That's, that's yeah, 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 but it's definitely. mental, emotional, and spiritual as well. And, um, yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely and, right. And and I can see how not only are you getting results with your clients and your clients are getting results with you, but it's that idea of, of being able to give back to people. Yeah. Um, and they they can tell the difference. They, they, yeah, they, they, they know that you're 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 walking with them uh, through yeah. that journey and not just that you're, the, you know, they're they're a paycheck to you <laughs> so yeah exactly yeah it's, that's that's exactly what i tell them too you know and like you know that's why like i tell them like you know it's not about the money to me it's about um because like a lot of people they you know whenever some people come to the gym it's uh, it's about them um but it's but they think that and, and you hit the nail on the head it's more mental and spiritual than it is just the physical attributes of it because yeah you see yourself you know, and you think that you feel a certain type of way because of how how you look. I mean, you can be whatever type of way and you can still feel amazing about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing is that going into that is that I, I try to fix that mental part of their self to be like, you know, you can do it. Like, don't don't never think that you can't and don't let nobody tell you that you cannot do it. Um, so once they start getting the confidence and they start seeing themselves make these progressions of, just say like if they come in and they can't do one push up and they, you know, at the end of a month, they doing five and then they doing 10. So then it's, it's that want for, Oh, okay, man, I'm really doing it now. So then it's just start to feed that eagerness to just keep going and keep pushing their own self to see what their potential is. And that's what I tell people. Like one of my biggest things in a gym is that I'm going to, I'm not scared to push you to your limits because I know that you can get past your limits. Everybody has those limitations, but you don't know what those limitations are until you push to those limits. Then that's when you can get to whatever limitations that you are. But until you push to those limits, you don't know your limitations. I'm like, everybody's, everybody's potential is limitless until you know what your limit is. Right. Yeah. No, perfect. And I think that is so right. So many times that mentally we'll, uh, we'll stop ourselves because yeah. of fear of something happening. And, and if you're with somebody who is create a container for you of, of, 
of safety. You're not going to, you're not yeah. going to push someone to get hurt, but right, exactly. they may feel like they're, they're yeah. pain, but it's not, <laughs> but it's, it's more a mental pain. Um, that it's, it's just going into territory that's unknown for them. Yeah. So, that's, so, yeah. So Clyde, just looking at uh, is you know, and there's a ton of good stuff that you got going. I know right now, um, because of everything happening, uh, you can't have individuals at the gym, right? So right, right. It sounds like you're doing some stuff for your clients, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, online, right? And and doing yeah, some definitely. doing some classes that way and staying in contact with them that way. Um, if there was one thing, as we're getting just kind of wrapping up um, for our listeners, if there was one thing that you would want. Um, the listeners to know um, from Clyde, what would, what would be something that you would want them to listen to? Because we're kind of right now, everybody's in the same boat, you know, um, and we got thrown into this ordeal that we're all dealing with. So, <laughs> right, uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so right. what, what would be something you would share with the listeners? Uh, I mean, especially, I mean, my, my thing is that, you know, for listeners during this time, um, this is a time that where like um, you need to, um, you know, this, this whole thing is serious. Like this whole pandemic thing is, is dead serious. Um, you know, and it shows that with the people dying, with the people getting sick and stuff like that. Um, the biggest thing is just do your part, do your part. So that way, um, you know, everybody can remain safe and stuff like that. And the sooner everybody do, do their part, the sooner that we can get back to normal and stuff like that. Um, normalcy is what we all are striving to get back to. Um, and, but we all have to do our part in order to, um, you know, get back to that thing. Um, and it seems like it's, it's so far gone and it's so tough right now with the weather getting nice and people, you know, is, and, and I think, you know, that's, that's the toughest thing is that, you know, we've been cooped up all winter with the bad weather and now we got to be cooped up when the weather breaks and, and things like that. So people are getting antsy and stuff like that. But the sooner that we can do our part um everybody do their part in order to you know help this thing um to get it down and to you know potentially go away um the better um you know it's tough for everybody uh especially with the people that you know have to close down businesses you know i you know the gym is my life that's what i do every day all day uh it's no no other thing else you know i'm there every day 6 a.m until 8 p.m so you know for me to have to shut that down and stuff like that like that takes a big chunk of me um, but I know that that's the best thing to do um, for, you know, everybody's safety as far as coming to the gym and things like that. Um, so I'm willing to sacrifice and do my part. And I just think everybody should just take heed to that, you know, and it's not nothing personal against nobody. It's just, you know, we all have to do our part in order to um, get through this and stuff like that. And then once we get through it, um, then it just should be an embrace of everybody, you know, with, you know, being able to get back to the normalcy and knowing that we all did, a, you know, our jobs and uh, making it right um, and getting things together and stuff like that to the point to where, like, you know, it should just be more togetherness after this. Because this right here kind of separated us, you know, to give us a chance to um, just kind of reflect on life and stuff and just being able to be with yourself for a minute, um, you know, with your thoughts and with what you want to do and then writing down goals and stuff like that. This is the prime time for that because there's not enough that you can do. And then just come out and just strive to reach those goals, mm -hmm. whatever you were talking about, whatever that you wrote down, whatever that you plan on doing. If you just plan yourself to be a better person for people or, or just better overall, I mean, apply that stuff and just do it now, you know? 
I mean, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I'm trying to do, the same, same thing, because I, I think very similar to what, what you experienced in the, in the, in the Marines, um, yeah. th- there was, you know, it, it, was, it, was hard, it was hard work. But yeah. going through that ordeal, there was things that you learned about yourself that you wouldn't have learned if you didn't go through it. Right, exactly. And right. it also had to do with how you went through it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what I'm hearing you say right now is it's about how yeah. how we go through this time period is gonna allow us to have greater a uh, greater yeah. amount of gold when we get on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely, definitely, Kevin, definitely. Clyde, what real quick again, what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? Um <sighs> Okay. Um the best way that you can get a hold of me is uh you can just you can go. I'm on um all social media out, outlets, um, Facebook, um, um, at, uh, Clyde Henderson, uh, at Facebook. Um, I have a, a Gmail, Clyde Henderson at gmail.com. That's Clyde with a K as well too. Um, yeah, the body factory, you can go to the body factory, Facebook page. Um, I also have a body factory website, www.thabodyfactory.com. Uh, or you can just come by the body factory, 8016 North second street. I'm there as soon as all this stuff get over. Not right now. As soon as all this <laughs> stuff get over, uh, 8016 North 2nd Street. Uh, it's in McChesney Park, Illinois, 61115. Like I said, look for the Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm right behind the Dunkin' Donuts. All right. <laughs> all right, Clyde. Well, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to us getting back to uh, when we can see each other in person again. And, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely for that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And, and for sure, uh, when all this passes sometime in the summer, we'll have you uh, have you in person on the show. And, definitely. definitely. And yeah. have you uh, come in and talk about what you've learned about yourself while, while this man, is all right. going on. <laughs> <laughs> right, definitely. I appreciate it, Kevin, man. It was great talking to you, man. And looking forward to doing it again. All right, bud. We'll talk to you later. Be safe. All right, thanks. Yep, you too. Bye.